Hello Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters, listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers here on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers. And you're very welcome to send us uh, an email about anything, about the topics, about the show. And we'd love to hear from you. We treat your feedback as evaluations. This week is our interview week, and I will hand you over to Mr. Paul Amani, who is talking to this week's guest. Paul. Well, today's guest is a very special person, and he does not live anywhere in Ireland, Scotland, Wales or England. In fact, he doesn't even live in Europe. And his name is Bill Hayden, and he lives well, I'm going to ask him. Bill Hayden, who are you? Where do you live, first of all? Well, I am Bill Hayden. I live right outside the city of Chicago in the Midlands of the United States. And Bill, have you have you ever joined a Toastmasters club in Europe? No, you're the first. Oh, I am the first. Well, look, I should say in that case, listeners, Bill is a recent member of Blarney Toastmasters in District 71. Bill, do you want to tell the story about how on earth did it come that you joined Blarney Toastmasters? What's the background? Well, I was invited for some reason to give a test speech at District District 103 here in the Chicago area. And part of that process was there were workshops by world champion speakers. And one of the challenges by the world champion speaker at the end of the workshop was, this week, I want every one of you to investigate a Toastmasters club outside this country. And I investigated Toastmasters clubs outside this country, came across the word, well, Ireland, because I was always, my family's probably from Ireland, and I Cork, which I know there were some Haydens, and the word Blarney Club came up. And the word Blarney has always intrigued me. So I sent a message to you and it's history. Yes, you went on to the Toastmasters International website. Yes. You sent a message to Blarney Club via the Toastmasters International website. And I was president of the club at the time. And I got a notification. And how long was it before we were talking to each other? It must have been minutes at least. <laughs> Probably no longer than minutes. You know, Bill, there's a there's a fact, because they've done some research about this, that the percentage of people who send a message to a Toastmasters club via find a club is quite small. Well, they send the message, but clubs often don't reply. And of course, We lose some people who would like to join Toastmasters because of that. But I have to say, I am the luckiest president of a Toastmasters club because I thought, well, I must reply to this immediately. And there you were. Within minutes, we were on WhatsApp together, were we not? Well, no, but you guided me. I was not on WhatsApp at that time. But somehow you got me on WhatsApp. And that's one of the advantages of Toastmasters is I've learned all kinds of new apps and technology, but it was, I'm not sure how, but WhatsApp wasn't long behind. And then we Zoomed together, I think. 
before you joined the club? I'm sure we talked on the phone, Zoom together, WhatsApp. We we struck we struck a chord together. It's been very pleasant. And tell me, when was the first time in your whole life that you ever heard of Toastmasters? Oh, I believe I've heard of Toastmasters all my life. One of those words way out there in the periphery. I had no idea. Well, the word Toastmaster means to us someone who manages a meeting. So that word has always been, I knew there was some kind of a club. I never had any real interest in it. Uh, but then, then it came to my, it came an issue for my action. And I, I happen to know that you're a member of two clubs in the United States. Now, what got you to join them? Well, let's uh, take up how I decided to go to a meeting. And it's simple. I had free time. So I was at my library. And it was, I didn't have anything to do on that Thursday. So I went to the bulletin board. And on the bulletin board were some flyers all twisted and out of and One of them stuck out with the word toast. So I pulled that flyer out, Toastmasters, tonight, in that room, a few steps away. I said, I don't have anything else to do. I walked into the room, looked around, walked out. <laughs> and decided I'm not going to be a chicken. I'm going back in there and uh, had my first Toastmasters meeting because of free time, because I was bored. And you went along to that meeting. And why did you decide, though, I'll join this organization? Oh, I didn't decide for a long time. I went to the meeting for the first time in September and didn't join until the 1st of December, actually. So I kept going back taking advantages of the people, what was going on there, learning a few things, started to feel responsible. Like, if I'm going to keep going to this meeting, I'm going to have to respond to these membership uh, appeals. So responsibility got me to pay my money. And tell me, how long, did, how many meetings did you go to before somebody said, Bill, we'd like you to join this club? I think it was at the end of the, the first meeting that I went to, like it all like an all Toastmasters meeting, I, it's, there's an appeal to a membership every time to every person. Well, I tell you something, Bill, when I first joined Toastmasters, there was a kind of a culture, certainly in Cork, in Ireland, where I live, that you mustn't uh, invite somebody at the very first meeting to join. What you were meant to do, this is what I picked up, was invite them to come to a second meeting, but you shouldn't invite them to join at the first meeting. I understand the different approaches to uh, membership. Now, as vice president of membership, I'm thinking through if there is a better way or you should individualize. It. So, Bill, you have become there a vice president for membership. You know, joined a, a Toastmasters leadership team in a club. Have you ever been a leader in Toastmasters before? Did you? Were you on any previous club committee? No, but Paul, I will tell you something about myself. I don't. I don't understand why. But my entire life, I have been targeted to be chairs, leaders, presidents, in every in endeavor or undertaking that I've ever been associated with. Now, I don't understand. I don't understand why. But that's just been my my destiny. I don't exact. I don't seek it. 
uh, I have to deal with that uh, that reality. Well, the listeners can't tell what you look like, but I can say without any fear of contradiction, you look like a leader, Bill. If that if that is if there's someone who looks like a leader, I guess I have to accept your uh, your analysis. Well, I've been to the two other clubs that you're a member of in the United States, and I know they're each a bit different from each other. And we can reveal now to the listeners that you have joined Blarney Toastmasters Club in District 71 in Ireland, which has a number of members from around the world. Yes. Question there? Ah, well, I was giving you an opportunity to compare and contrast the three clubs. Okay, there is a that that is clear because, and I've been philosophizing about this issue. But the first club I joined is Oak Park. The second one was one slightly more distant in the suburbs, and then there's Blarney Toastmasters Club. Blarney Toastmasters Club is a highly developed club with senior and experienced Toastmasters in it. The, the opposite end of the spectrum is the one in Oak Brook, which is a small club that hardly has two or three people show up, maybe two or three on, on Zoom. The Oak Park Club is somewhere in between, which is a uh, hybrid club that may have 10 to show up. Very inexperienced people, enthusiastic but inexperienced. So I've had the actually the benefit of experiencing Blarney Club at one end of the spectrum. Oak Brook on the other, and then Oak Park in the middle. And there are advantages to me for every club. I will tell you the advantage of Blarney Club is to be around what I say are giants (laughs) in Toastmasters, experienced, knowledgeable. They do things right. There's opportunities. People accomplish things. On the other end, in the one in a distant suburb of Chicago, it's almost embryonic, vestigial. People don't know what they're doing. They care about what they're doing. And everybody gets to participate in one or two roles every week. It's participation, participation, participation. And I I love that. The Oak Park Club is somewhere in between. Some knowledgeable, some opportunity, lots of young people. So I've enjoyed the entire range. You remind me of a Relatively well-known quotation from the person who founded Toastmasters, and it is, we learn by doing. We learn by doing. Adults learn by doing things. I I put it in two words. Participation leads to progress. Progress depends on participation. Well, tell me now, what are you hoping to gain? Looking ahead this particular year, Bill, or, or as long as you like, what are you hoping to gain out of Toastmasters that that you haven't got already? Well, you know, I'm 82, so I can't look too far ahead. <laughs> if, if, it, if I make it to next year, I'm just thrilled to death. But I don't dream about accomplishing anything. I dream, I love just going to the meeting and see what's going to happen this week or next meeting. And is there a chance for me? to express myself in some way, give a speech, do a evaluation, do a table topics and uh, see what happens. Well, I, I remember, Bill, that there was a particular role that you played. I've seen you play it in more than one place. And I thought, 
If Bill isn't careful, he's going to be typecast or else he's going to settle down and being a wonderful expert in that role. Would you like to explain that role to listeners? Yes, I will explain the role. But first of all, I wanted to explain my strategy. As I saw Toastmasters and all the roles that were available, my strategy was how can I experience and get good at the roles over time. So in fact, the role that I experimented with and got good at over a number of meetings was the timer. And I don't know how many meetings, it might've been two months of meetings where I was the timer. So I became comfortable with it and competent. The next role I decided to explore and try to become competent at was the grammarian. Now that grammarian phase just happened to coincide with my membership and exploration of Blarney Toastmasters Club and some of the preposterous other experiences that happened to be a grammarian in your club and the grammarian at the District 71 Irish-English face-off. Yes, that was the Anglo-Irish meeting, an annual event for many years, uh, which the local club in Liverpool would host uh, people from Ireland And the meeting would be jointly run between the Irish club members and the Liverpool members. So think of how how preposterous it is that an American would be a grammarian in the heart of our mother tongue. (laughs) But I enjoyed it greatly. And you know what? You brought an accent into the room. And you know how it's fantastic in Toastmasters where there are diversity of accents, variety. I think that that was a thrilling thing. Look, tell me, looking, um, okay, so there's no ambition for the future, except the impression I have is to enjoy it and experience the adventure. Would that be a fair summary? Yes, that'd be perfect. If I was to press you on what would be your biggest challenge in Toastmasters that you have experienced so far? What has been your challenge? Yes, my biggest challenge everywhere is to turn down leadership positions. People keep asking me to be a leader or an officer. And I will tell you, I've told you I've been a leader and an officer my whole life. My And I've done leadership of groups of a thousand. My most fun time, goal is always to be the second. I always wanted to be the vice chair of the department. I always wanted to be on the search committee for the chair, not the chair. And so it's, I, I understand one of the goals of being a Toastmaster is to willingly accept the positions of leadership. But I have to tell you, please, <laughs> you understand, I want to be a supporter and a participator. And le- I've had the leadership thing. Well, you know how in Toastmasters, we have these titles for people who are in leadership roles. Now, as you've already said, you are vice president membership in Blarney Club in in Cork, in District 71. So that sounds to me like a support leadership position, supporting the club president. Would that be a possible way of describing it? No. Uh, I say this with tongue-in-cheek because Maura essentially... Uh, deceived me into that position. Moira O'Brien, you're saying. Yes, Moira Moira deceived me. And I say this with a tongue-in-cheek, with a smile on me, because she called me and 
said, would you like to be on our executive committee? And, you know, that's perfect. When I can be in a non-named member, an ex-officio in a committee, I don't believe I heard her say, would you like to be vice president of members? And then when the announcement came, I was vice president of membership. <laughs> so she unanimously voted in as vice president for membership. But I'll tell you what, she was doing her job, Bill, because one of the things in Toastmas is that every year, the previous year's president chairs the nominate the club leadership committee. And the club leadership committee has to is expected to go out and uh, talk to the members and uh, tap them on the shoulder and invite them to help the club to run well the following year. By the way, I hold nothing against her. In fact, I take it with a tongue in cheek. In fact, I think I'm going to use that strategy myself from now. <laughs> and she knows I'm enjoying it and learning from it and having it. I respect her for how she got that done. Lovely. Now, if you could change from your experience of Toastmasters and you've been, yes, how, how on earth did you get to be a test speaker at a district speech final, which is a very big role? Uh, because other people are going to evaluate and become champion. How did you ever rise to that position after being a relatively new member? Yes, for about 30 days. Uh, Paul, this is one of the great fun mysteries of my life. I have no idea. I was sitting at my iPhone or iPad one night and got an email. Would you uh, like to be a test speaker at a district evaluation contest? First of all, I had no idea what a test speaker was. I had no idea what a district was. I had no idea what an evaluator was. And an evaluator contest, I had no idea. So I thought this over and initially thought, I'm not going to do that. I don't know what's going on. I don't like to do that kind of thing. Then I said, you know, maybe I'd be perfect to be a test speaker because I don't know anything and I'm not very good. And I make, there's lots of holes in my speeches and I'll give them fodder to do evaluations. I'd be perfect. So I went to this uh, district meeting. Which I had no idea what it was. and uh, I think it was called a conference. But, okay. Maybe it was a conference. And I learned a lot, met lots of people, and uh, gave a speech. And, uh, and got, it, I'll tell you, I got a standing ovation. So I, I, I said, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I got a standing ovation. Maybe this isn't so. Maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe I ought to keep going at this at this Toastmasters thing. I've been in Toastmasters since 2015, and I can I've racked my memory about this, and I have never heard of a test speaker receiving a standing ovation. I've heard a test speaker receive an ovation. But I haven't. A standing ovation is a step up, isn't it? I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just flabber. By the way, I am flabbergasted. I am still flabbergasted about the about many things that I've experienced in Toastmasters. Why should I be the membership in an Irish club? Why should I be a grammarian in a <laughs> in a meeting? Why? Why well, should I? Go ahead. Just the um, being on the same committee as yourself, I uh, and I'm the, the education person this year. I was the president last year. I know why you were invited to be the vice president. It's very, very simple. 
Blarney is a word well known in North America and in all over the world. And Blarney Club has an ambition to grow and to get more members. So, and Blarney already has one member from North. So I think that what lies behind it is the idea that Blarney Club wants to expand its membership in North America. And you are the man to bring that about. There's a big Irish population or uh, Irish diaspora population in Chicago, in lots of places. And I'm sure somebody, not me, thought of the bright idea, hey, Bill might, because of his connection, and, and might be able to attract some people to come to our meetings, and we might be able to entice them, coax them, seduce them to join. Well, we got two coming the next meeting, you know. Oh, that's super. That You're doing a good job. I'm going to propose to the next committee meeting a vote of uh, confidence in you as the vice president member. I think we maybe should wait for a while, don't you? <laughs> okay, so here's the, uh, the, the, the question everybody loves most when they come on this podcast. And it is, I want you to imagine from your current knowledge of Toastmasters that somebody has waved a magic wand and you have overnight become the most powerful, influential person in Toastmasters International. So the question is, Bill, you have the power now and, and authority to change anything you like, anything at all. Nobody will oppose you. It will happen. What would you most like to change about Toastmasters? I accept the challenge with vigor. And I will start with the underlying philosophy that organizations evolve in a predictable way from simple, small to overblown, overlarge and complex and almost unusable by a good percentage of the people who want to be part of that. That is Toastmasters to me today. So simplification of Toastmaster would be the underlying philosophy. And uh, I would simplify that the website would have fewer buttons to push. One would be find a club, which is very useful day in and day out for people who are looking where to go. The second thing I would do is I would <laughs> decrease the number of pathways to one. And the only pathway that would be present would be speechcraft and would have only five steps. There would be only one degree, one title when that was finished, and it would be TM, Toastman. The finances to me, one of the disappointing or enlightening things that I've learned about Toastmasters is the financial aspects that were that have taken over sometimes. And I the the example I'll give is when I was at that district meeting, there were two world champions there. And after they gave their speeches, they sat at tables with their materials, trying to sell their wares. Like, I will, for $500, teach you to be world champion, or I have brochures. That didn't make me feel good. Now, I've looked into the financials of Toastmasters. I don't know if you know this or not, but right now, today, they have $49,800,000 in asset today. Every year, if there's 280,000 members, and I rounded it off to $100 per, per member, which is a light. That means they bring in $28 million every year. Now, I think that's plenty. 
So I, as you know, I believe one of the I believe one of the barriers to uh, membership is dues and how often. So I would like to reduce the the dues, the burden on the members that provide excessive input into what I consider an excessive, I don't know, all the financial issues that are going on, but it goes far beyond speechcraft. So I believe focusing in reducing dues and not concentration on a high, big corporation's uh, assets and liabilities would be better. The other next thing, since it's ballooning, you know, Toastmasters, when I first looked at it, was a kind of a combination between a big high-rise skyscraper with windows, and I never could figure out what was behind the windows, to a big university that had all kinds of courses and professors. And the third analogy that popped into my mind was a Rubik's Cube, all these little things that I didn't know how to twist and put together to make sense of. So I would like to see a ninety, at least a 90% re- reduction immediately in all the resources on the website. All those articles, all those links, just get rid of them. Because I don't believe they're, I believe probably only 10% are being used. Well, look, Bill, that's... One, one more thing. <laughs> Go ahead. There's too many levels. Club, area, district, region. I would like it decreased to three. Club, something in between, and then the international. So do I need to go over that list again? <laughs> well, I think I'll, the things that I remember clearly are the website. I remember that. And I yeah. remember reducing the Jews. And I remember cutting levels down to only three. One. Oh, no, three. Yes. Three. And uh, is, have I missed one of them? By the way, when I see that people like yourself, experienced, knowledgeable people have trouble remembering all the pathways. There's too many pathways. 13, yeah. There, oh, sorry. Yes, it is. Um, uh, I, yes, it's, it's, it's 13, isn't it? Yes. I go, my goal is to go to one. You know, speechcraft and one title and that's it. Well, look, now look, you, you're, what do you do outside Toastmasters, Bill? What's, what's your biggest enjoyable thing that you do these days outside? Well, I, I'm, I'm a retired intensive care doctor who has six daughters, at least one at all times in crisis. <laughs> um, and I, tra- I, as you know, I travel a lot. I have uh, visited 50 states, 27 countries, and at least two weeks of the, uh, at least t- two weeks of every month, I am on the road in my car visiting parts of the United States uh, and my friends around the United States. So that's my uh, biggest job it, my biggest joy job sidelight hobby is on the road by myself in my jeep finding out about america and if you'll notice I think the next my, what's the speech i'm giving on thursday is my america which is a summary of my last trip and what i see saw and see as the real america wow that sounds like a mixture of an educational speech and a research speech. Um, well, you're my mentor, and you know that I'm in uh, in the uh, educator or yeah, the educator role. And uh, we, I will, I will talk about what you're going to give me credit for. Well, I guarantee you that if if I have anything to do with it, Bill, you will get credit for every prepared speech that you give. And you will 
become very focused uh, in each speech to develop a particular practice or skill. And it will not be the, the speech that you make. It will be the practicing the skill that you make during that you use during that speech. And you're, if you want to, and I'm head of education this year, you'll get plenty of opportunities on our agenda and no one will deserve it more. Well, thank you for saying that. But, you know, I'm kind of wild and crazy about I just when something comes to my mind, I want to talk about it. There we are. There we are. Terrific. And you're going to focus me, I guess. Well, we'll see what you want to gain, what your goal is, because as a mentor, I'm a bit of a facilitator. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But let, let me ask you a couple of very quick things in the background, in the background. I'm going to give you a number of uh, two things to choose between. And I want an immediate answer from you rather than you sit and think about it. Okay? Easy. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Raspberries or strawberries? Strawberries. Baseball or American football? Baseball. Swimming or ballet? Swimming. Opera or hip-hop? Opera. Vegetables or meat? Meat. I'm answering faster than you get the next question. (laughs) Climbing mountains or caving? Neither, but if I will choose mountains. Bungee jumping or skydiving? Bungee bungee jumping. I used to be a pilot and I decided I wasn't going to skydive. Health or wealth? Health. And tell me, what question would you most like to ask our listeners? What would be the, imagine you've got in front of you, I think we have 20,000 listeners or something to each episode. So what question would you like to ask them all at the Irish Talkers Conference? What do you believe is the ideal size of a Toastmaster and why? Oh, lovely. Well, we'll, we hopefully will get some responses from our listeners. And Bill Hayden, I want to thank you so much. I What the listeners don't know is that the very first hybrid club meeting that Blarney Toastmasters had ever in its life since 1975 was held comparatively recently in the building I'm talking to you from. What did you do, Bill? Well, at the first meeting, which was a Zoom meeting, I think I gave an icebreaker speech. At the end of my icebreaker speech, I made a pompous promise that, by God, when you have your first in-person meeting, I'm going to visit Blarney Castle, go to the wood, and I will be present in Paul's basement to enjoy you all. Little did I know that 20 minutes later, you were going to announce that there was an in-person meeting in two weeks. Now, I was raised to do what I say. So it just made sense to me that I am going to be present at that in-person meeting. So I jumped on an airplane and was present in your basement at that in-person meeting. It went further than that, as you know, but that's how I got in your basement. Well, look, Bill, I want to thank you so much. And on behalf of all of our listeners, you've brought joy to us all. And long may we be in Toastmasters to learn from you. And I love Irish talkers, as you know. 
from the very beginning. And the joy and the learning I get from you is returned tenfold from what I give you, I'm sure. Well, Toastmaster Bill Hayden, thank you very much for your time. I wish you all the best on your travel. Same to you, my friend, and to all the listeners.